We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we doing? Hope everybody's having an awesome day. It is Wednesday, January 11th, 2023. Uh, this is our first show of the new year. Uh, apologies for the uh, delay in uh, getting the podcast going. Um, I mentioned it in the latest edition of the Ducks Digest newsletter, but been having a couple of technical issues here and there with regard to the uh, audio of the podcast transferring over to my uh, editing software. So uh, I'm going to troubleshoot that and try to get that all uh, shored up so that you guys can listen to the Ducks Dish podcast wherever you are. You know, some people like to listen to it at the gym. Uh, some people like to listen to it going to work on their way to work, coming home from work. Or maybe you're just hanging out at home and you want to talk some duck football. But wherever you're at, I appreciate you guys listening to the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. We got a big episode in store for you guys today. Uh, we're coming to you live on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Oregon Football Max Torres is where you can find us, as well as on Twitter. Lock in with me on Twitter at MTorres Sports. If you guys are here on YouTube, hop in that live chat and let me know what your thoughts are on the big commitment of the day. That is Jordan Birch, as well as your thoughts on Oregon football recruiting, because there's a whole lot of uh, storylines that we got to get into. We're going to start off talking about Jordan Birch. He is the man of the hour with regard to Oregon football recruiting. Then we'll talk a little bit of Evan Williams, who comes over from Fresno State, following in his brother Bennett's footsteps. And then we also have Casey Rogers returning to Oregon in 2023. Like I said, big day of news for Oregon football. So want to know what your guys' thoughts are. Leave me a comment, leave me a question, and I'll do my best to address it. So starting off the episode, we're going to be talking about Jordan Birch. Former South Carolina edge rusher Jordan Birch has committed to the Oregon Ducks an absolutely massive addition for Dan Lanning and his coaching staff out of the transfer portal here in the 2023 cycle. Birch uh, entered the transfer portal, I want to say, earlier this month. So definitely a, a newer name, um, a newer name in the transfer portal. But obviously, this recruitment moved very quickly for Birch. Um, who had no shortage of interest. He came out to Eugene for an official visit over the weekend, and the Ducks were able to wrap this one up. 
just to talk a little bit about Jordan Birch and the kind of player that he is, six foot six, two hundred and seventy-five pounds, comes over from South Carolina uh, after playing three seasons in Columbia. And uh, that means that he has two more seasons of additional eligibility should he choose to use it uh, once, uh, you know, once he gets going at Oregon, the, the extra year comes from the COVID season, as we all know. But I'm thinking, I said it after he committed earlier on today, I'm thinking that he's probably going to be a guy that is one and done if everything goes according to plan uh, for him at the University of Oregon. Stats at South Carolina from the 2022 year, 60 total tackles, 32 of those were solo, three and a half sacks, and one fumble recovery to go along with three passes defended. So you love to have an alignment, a linebacker who's going to be active at the point of attack at the line of scrimmage and able to bat uh, bat down some of those passes uh, from the opposing quarterback. But I love this addition for the Ducks, and I really think it's not that complicated, right? The reason you like this addition if you're an Oregon fan is because Oregon desperately needed a pass rusher and just more guys to assist in the pass rush in 2023. DJ Johnson heads to the NFL draft in 2023. Um, You know, definitely one of the better players on Oregon's defense from a season ago. But let's be honest, even when DJ Johnson was at Oregon, Oregon's pass rush was not that great. Even when Kayvon Thibodeau was at Oregon, Oregon's pass rush wasn't that great. And I think a big part of that is because you haven't had the depth along the defensive line that Oregon is poised to have now with some of the big additions that they've made uh, through the high school ranks and then obviously through the portal with Jordan Birch. We'll get more into that kind of big picture idea when we talk about Casey Rogers a little bit later in this show. But I think the the big thing with uh with Jordan Birch as I you know look through some of my notes here Oregon wanted to be selective in the portal when it came to getting an edge rusher. We all knew like I said that Oregon needed to add uh, an edge rusher with DJ Johnson going to the NFL draft exhausting his his eligibility at the college level but Oregon signed a ton of guys at the defensive line position at the edge rusher position, right? You have Mateo Uyunglele, who's already enrolled in at Oregon. You have Jaden Moore. You have Blake Purchase. And Blake Purchase is one of those guys that Oregon is super happy they were able to hang on to because you had to hold off a late push from Deion Sanders, Coach Prime at Colorado. That was one of his first priorities once he got to Colorado was, okay, what top talent can I keep in state? Um, And that's the exact reason that Blake Purchase's signed letter of intent took a little bit longer than some of those other guys during the early signing period. So you get a win by uh, holding off coach prime and hanging on to one of your most prized edge rushers in the class of 2023, based on some of the people that I've talked to around the program at Oregon, Blake purchases the kind of guy that I think they believe could have an early impact. We already talked about Mateo Uyunglele. man, what a huge win that was during the early signing period. Uh, you had Jaden Moore, you had Tatum Tuioti, who I mentioned, but all that to say, Oregon knew that they wanted to be selective in the transfer portal when they were going for an edge rusher for another pass rusher. They weren't going to take just anybody. And let me tell you, Jordan Birch is not just anybody, arguably the top remaining talent in the entire transfer portal. Uh, Certainly in terms of the guys that Oregon was going for, you had a lot of, uh, a lot of big names 
with, with previous ties to Oregon enter the transfer portal, right? Uh, Anthony Lucas being one of those big names, uh, a former uh, Oregon target uh, in the class of 2022 out of the state of Arizona, spent one year at Texas A&M, and then today announcing his commitment to USC. So the Lincoln Riley and the Trojans get a big addition up front, staying in the Pac-12. But with Jordan Birch, that connection with Dan Lanning was obviously a huge factor here, right? The Lanning factor. Lanning really flexing his muscles on the recruiting trail as a closer. Uh, I think when Jordan Birch entered the transfer portal, the reason that there was so much smoke around the tie between him and the University of Oregon was because of Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning was his lead recruiter at Georgia when he was getting recruited out of Hammond High School in South Carolina in the class of 2020. So obviously you want to keep those relationships strong and you want to be able to return to those relationships. And it's just an example, I think, another example of why you want to keep those relationships going and how recruiting has changed in the era of the transfer portal. Because not only do you have to recruit guys to get them to your school, get them to your program, but once they get there, you got to keep recruiting them to keep them happy. And then obviously all these other programs uh, across the country, you kind of want to keep those relationships going to a certain degree for an opportunity like this, when an instance like this arises. So uh, Dan Lanning is definitely a huge part here. Uh, and then, you know, Tosh Lapoy, you got to give him a whole lot of credit too. I know he's really excited to work with Jordan Birch once he gets to Eugene. Um, I, I wrote a little bit about it after I logged my prediction. I logged my prediction to Jordan Birch uh, yesterday um, so excited to see that come to fruition, but sources are telling me that it looks like, uh, Jordan Birch will likely enroll at Oregon this week, um, by the end of the, by the end of the week. And, you know, talk about, talk about a hot run in the transfer portal. Oregon added former Arizona state linebacker, uh, Connor Soley, um, after a visit this weekend, also added Evan Williams safety after this weekend. So they're really just doing an awesome job here in the transfer portal. I believe Birch is the ninth player from the transfer portal to commit to Oregon through this cycle. And they're doing an awesome job addressing needs on this roster, taking a look at those guys who run out of eligibility, taking a look at those guys who transfer, uh, who go to the NFL draft. Uh, Christian Gonzalez is obviously one of those. And, you know, how do you, how do you adapt and how do you kind of cater your recruiting approach to best address those needs with guys that fit your scheme, fit your culture, and the kind of person that you're looking for. So I think Jordan Birch, with, with his size, he's just different. I think he's the kind of guy that you really haven't seen too much of at Oregon, right? Jordan Birch's commitment to Oregon, I think, is part of the reason that Oregon recruits and Oregon players are saying Dan Lanning is bringing the SEC to the Pac-12, bringing the SEC out West, because you don't see these kind of guys getting recruited to Oregon from the West Coast on, on a regular basis, right? Sure, you have, you know, you have your Amari Washingtons from, from Chandler, Arizona, right? He's, a, he's a, a huge piece of this 2023 recruiting class along defensive line. Six foot four, 305 pounds, super twitchy. Uh, I, I was able to talk to uh, his coach when I was out in San Antonio, and, and he was telling me he was shocked that Amari Washington wasn't playing in this game, saying that there's just not that many guys out West that are built like he is. 
um, you know, paraphrasing a little bit, and you know that have had the production that that uh, Amari Washington has had. And then you also have, you know, some of those big bodies in in Utah, right? Look at Sam Taimani, who's who's out of Salt Lake City. Look at Ben Roberts, who's also out of Salt Lake City. You do have those guys, uh, you know, every now and then, you know, every cycle or two. But if you want, if you want a trench monster, if you want a huge dude that is just different, you know, you have to go to the southeast. You got to go to the SEC country, and that's something that Oregon's tried to do quite a bit, obviously recruiting the prep rankings, uh, the prep ranks, but this is a good opportunity for Oregon to stay active out there. And then obviously leverage some of those connections that you have on, on this coaching staff. Right. And I think another point with Jordan Birch's commitment that I think might make some duck fans happy. Um, you know, Oregon missed out on David Hicks down the stretch late in, in 2023. Um, you know, there were a lot of people that, you know, there was someone that I talked to, I should say not a lot of people, but there was someone I talked to close to the program that was, you know, like, Hey, you know, David Hicks, you know, really, really liked Oregon. And then there was another, uh, another, uh, I, I want to say Steve Wolfong wrote it. Someone at 24 seven wrote it. I'm blanking on their name. I think that the, the line was, you know, if Oregon was in Texas, then David Hicks would be a duck. Well, you missed out on David Hicks, but now you get Jordan Birch a former five-star prospect in the 2020 class, former five-star looking at the 247 sports composite ranking from the 2020 class rated a 0.9954 number four, number eight in the country overall number two defensive tackle. This is just a, a class that was loaded, right? This 2020 class, if you're looking at other talent in the trenches, you had Brian Brzee as the number one overall prospect uh, who ended up going to Clemson. You had Justin Flo in this class. You had Miles Murphy in this class. And then right behind Miles Murphy at number eight, there's Jordan Birch, your latest Oregon Duck. Um, so I think that this is, you know, I don't want to say a consolation prize, but after you miss out on David Hicks to get a player of Birch's caliber, someone who looks like a plug and play guy should be able to, to go, uh, to go, you know, right in and, and contribute at Oregon is just absolutely huge. And I think that, you know, Jordan Birch obviously isn't the same kind of player that Kayvon Thibodeau is, right? Kayvon was 6'5", 250. Now you have Jordan Birch, who's 6'6", 275. So obviously they're going to move a little bit different, but the structure of Oregon's defense is, you know, pretty fluid. I think that that you have a little bit of, you have some options with, with Jordan Birch in terms of where you want to put him. But I think that adding him allows you to kick a guy like Brandon Dorless more inside, where I think you could argue that he's been more impactful. And now that you have Casey Rogers coming back, that gives you even more flexibility along that defensive line. I think that the biggest takeaway with Jordan Birch's commitment is that we haven't seen Oregon have this much depth along the defensive line and this many different kind of players in a long time. And even though Oregon's defense has really had some good defensive talent, I don't think they've been at the level that they needed to. Uh, I was recording with Spencer McLaughlin of Locked on Ducks uh, earlier today. You guys can watch his show, which comes out tomorrow. I was talking to him and I was saying, I'm not trying to criticize Oregon's defensive line because Oregon's defensive line has had some awesome players over the years, but 
they haven't been where they needed to be. And you need to be a defensive line that is just full of dudes. That's what Georgia's doing. That's what Alabama's doing. That's what Ohio State's doing. And now Oregon, with this commitment, they're saying, hey, let us join the party. Uh, We also just haven't seen Oregon land this caliber of defensive lineman, at least not on a consistent basis, right? You obviously have Kayvon Thibodeau. You had Canton Kamatule, I want to say was his name. I need to look at it now because I probably just butchered that. Um, Okay, Canton Kamatule, who ended up transferring to UCF, but he was a five-star that committed to Oregon out of the state of Hawaii, never really was able to put it together. Now you're getting Mateo Uyunglele, you're getting Jordan Birch, you're getting Ashton Porter, who is an Under Armour All-American. You beat out Michigan State for for him. You get Johnny Bowens, who was kind of a late flip, uh, if you want to call it a flip, uh, from Texas A&M. You get Terrence Green, a huge body from the state of Texas. You know, we all we've talked extensively about the importance of the state of Texas and Oregon recruiting. So, you know, can't, can't really say enough about Jordan Birch and just how big of an addition this is for the Oregon Ducks in the transfer portal. Uh, this is their biggest addition uh, of the offseason, I would say, and it's really not that close. And if you follow Oregon football and have seen what the defense is like, you know how the pass rush has been lacking. They haven't been able to get off the field on third down. They've struggled in pass coverage, and that's not all on the secondary. They need some help from the front seven and from that pass rush, and Birch is a guy that's going to help generate a pass rush in a big way for Oregon. So I think another thing that that really need to talk about with this Oregon defensive line is that you can't just focus on Birch because then you got to remember, hey, there's Brandon Dorless. Hey, there's Mateo Uyunglele coming off the edge. There's Blake Purchase. The, the kind of caliber of guys that they're bringing in here are difference makers. So many guys are already, you know, are already on campus. We didn't even talk about Michael Gardner, Tavita Pomee. Like they, this is probably the best hall of defensive linemen in a single class that I think Oregon has seen in years, you know, dating back to, I see a comment here about Eric Armstead and, and DeForest Buckner, you know, two all time, great ducks, defensive linemen, just how much, I feel like it's probably not a stretch to say that the defensive line could be the group that is poised to make the biggest jump from 2022 to 2023, given those additions, given the guys that are coming back, like Casey Rogers, like Popo Amavai, Keon Ware Hudson, another guy coming back, Brandon Dorless. So huge, huge commitment for the Ducks and uh, super stoked about, uh, about Jordan Birch coming to Oregon. Don't go anywhere. We got more Oregon football recruiting coverage for you after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome back to the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres. Coming to you live on YouTube as well as Twitter. Um, let me look over here to see if this is going on Twitter. I believe it should be. We are up and running on Twitter. Love to see that. But we got to talk about another big commitment for the Oregon Ducks, and that is former Fresno State safety Evan Williams. Familiar name for the Ducks as he is the younger brother of Bennett Williams. Uh, comes to Oregon after spending uh, four years at Fresno State, um, but he only played in four games uh, in 2020. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I don't remember how the Mountain West managed their COVID season, but I think that should mean if he only played in four games um, in, in 2020 that uh, that he has two more years of eligibility of 19, 20, 21, 22. Um, so he's, he's played four years, we have the COVID year. So we know he has at least one more year of eligibility, but Evan Williams is a big addition. I can't even tell you guys how many times I've been writing Evan Williams's name, you know, in the past 24 hours. And I started writing Bennett just cause I'm so used to writing about Bennett. Um, I just thought that was kind of funny, but Bennett Williams, you're, you're adding some, some proven production, right? You're adding a guy who was an all mountain West defensive back in 2021 started all 13 games at safety for Fresno state led the team in tackles with 93 tackles, 60 of which were solo in his, uh, in his junior season. And then he helped uh, Fresno state helped lead Fresno state to a conference title, uh, in 2022, their first conference title since, uh, 2018, so this is a this is a special kind of guy, and you know, just looking at his 2022 stats, you know, kind of what have you done for me lately? Kind of a deal. Let's look at kind of what he's been able to accomplish on, on the gridiron for for the Bulldogs in uh, in 2022. Um, their stats are taking a second to load here, so I'm going to go ahead and um, just look at my story and cheat a little bit here. Um, okay, um, let's see. Okay, in 2022, sorry. Um, 
Okay, let me just slow myself down. Let's look at these stats. Um, do, do, do. do I even have them? I don't even know if I have them in my story. Let's see if this loaded. Sorry about that for the delay. Okay, in 2022, Evan Williams accounted for 66 total tackles, 54 of which were solo. Uh, he had, uh, let's see, two quarterback hurries, four pass breakups, and he also had six tackles for loss. Uh, so he... Um, he is someone who has a knack for getting into the backfield, which I think is awesome, especially for a defensive back. You want a guy who can make plays, uh, rushing the passer, uh, stopping the run as well. Uh, I think that there is, I think that there's definitely some playmaking ability there as well. Um, I was actually able to talk to one of, uh, a coach that is really close with, with Evan Williams, um, from the college of San Mateo. Uh, he coached Evan Williams and he coached Bennett Williams. Just asked him for some thoughts on Bennett as a player, you know, as a guy. And this is the quote I got. He said, quote, Evan is a great overall kid on and off the field. His football skills are some of the best I've seen in terms of football knowledge, technique, his ability to play a ball and his physical presence in the run game and in the past. So, it's a, it's a good overall safety pickup for Oregon without a doubt. You know, you lose. Let's just look at what the safety picture is kind of looking like for Oregon in 2023, right? You lose Bennett Williams, who exhausts his college eligibility and is going to hopefully end up on a roster in the NFL. But you're still waiting to see a couple guys and see what their decisions are. You're waiting to see what Jamal Hill is going to do. You're waiting to see what Steve Stevens is going to do. Uh, as well as Brian Addison. So I think this is a good addition for Oregon because it gives you a guy who's another plug-and-play guy, kind of like Jordan Birch, but that safety room is pretty crowded because everybody I just mentioned um, played a lot of snaps last year. So Oregon's secondary, aside from you know cornerback, I think that it was kind of a rotating door a little bit, especially at safety. Um, but but with, with Evan Williams, you know, the Ducks are leveraging family connections again. Uh, they're probably one of the best uh, one of the best in the country when it comes to, you know, getting guys from, you know, family members that have played at Oregon or whatever that connection is, uh, you want to look to uh, to leverage it without a doubt. Um, so I think that, that Evan Williams is another solid addition. It's, it's an addition that you needed. You needed to add some more depth in the secondary. Um, obviously, you needed to add a corner with Christian Gonzalez going to the NFL, and that's why they went out and uh, – and got Kyrie Jackson from Alabama. So I really like what Oregon's doing as far as uh, filling those needs in. And uh, Evan Williams is an exciting player. He's also got that frame physically that I think you want in a defensive back listed on the Fresno State roster at 6'1", 194 pounds. So I think that gives you confidence. He'll be able to he'll be able to match up with wide receivers and even tight ends that he's going to have to uh, cover once he gets to the Pac-12. And I was talking to somebody at Oregon earlier today and, and they were saying that um they were saying that uh when they were playing Fresno State in 2021, they were kind of saying, hey, who's who's that guy? Who who's that guy playing safety? Uh so it's nice that they're obviously not gonna have to worry about going against Evan Williams now, now that he's on the roster uh, and can play play for them. So I think Evan Williams is an addition that could kind of fly under the radar a little bit for Oregon. 
Um, but he's a player that I'm super, super excited for. And uh, what better way to address the loss of Bennett Williams than by adding his brother. So going to take a second to check out the comments here and, and see, see what, uh, what you guys have to say. Um, Raymond asks who will be the starters at edge in 2023 for the ducks. Jordan Birch will either Mace Funa or Brandon Dorless even be starters in 2023. Uh, yeah, I think that, um, I think that, uh, the starters at, for Oregon, you know, looking at that defensive front you're probably going to have, you're obviously going to have Jordan Birch as a guy who plays a big part of that defense. Uh, I think Mace Funa is another really solid piece that you can, you could probably start uh Dorlis, sorry, you could probably start Funa and Birch opposite of each other. Um, and then you also have probably some mixture of Brandon Dorlis uh, and Casey Rogers and Popo Amavai along that, uh, along that line. But that rotation is looking really solid because you also have Taki Taimani. You also have Trevin Mae. You also have Keon Ware Hudson. So I feel like the starters at edge is probably going to be Jordan Birch and Mace Funa for now is kind of what I'm thinking, but we have to see, you know, obviously there's so much time between now and the 2023 season. We got to see what things are looking like once we get to the spring game and kind of how they're going to be used because Jordan Birch is more of that traditional defensive end um, that, uh, that uh, can play a couple different things, uh, can play the five tech, might be able to play the three tech. We'll have to see. Uh, but he's a big body that can set the edge in the run. He's got a lot of speed for his size, and he's uber athletic. So uh, I think that Mace Funa and Dorless will probably still be starters. I probably say I'm more confident in Dorless being a starter, but you know Mace coming back for another year, you would think that he's pretty confident he is going to be a starter. So Oregon's defensive front is looking absolutely loaded. Um, let's see. Tad Fernandez says, Hey Max, thanks for the pod. I'm not sure if I missed it, but how many more years of eligibility does Birch have? I didn't see the red shirt. I didn't see he redshirted, So I assume one. Yeah. So Jordan Birch uh, started college football in 2020. Uh, so you figure that's 2020, 2021 and 2022. Um, and uh, you don't count one of those years because of COVID. So I believe that means he has two years of eligibility left. Uh, but probably only going to be one year at Oregon is, is my guess if I had to give you an estimated guess right now. But I think to answer that question, I would say two years of eligibility. All right. Andrew says, so 10 incoming defensive linemen and the only outgoing one is DJ Johnson. The numbers game looks a little concerning. This isn't the NFL where you can cut guys. Yeah, I think that I mean, we all know that Oregon's over the limit right now. Um, but the nice thing is that you don't need to get under that limit until uh, until the players actually enroll at your school. So I think they do have a little bit of, uh, of added flexibility, right? Um, you know, this isn't the position overlap, but you saw Cam McCormick enter the transfer portal. So that that frees up a roster spot. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, you just gotta, it's obviously very fluid as the, the situations develop and as Oregon adds guys from the 23 class and the 20 and the transfer portal, excuse me, because a lot of that, uh, a lot of that 2023 class is, is already enrolled. I saw, um, I saw a picture the other day that, uh, Oregon football posted on their Twitter 
just about some of the guys that uh, have already enrolled early. You have Dante Dowdell, who's already out there. Uh, Michael Gardner, who I mentioned, Tavita Pomee. Uh, I talked to Cole Martin when he was out in San Antonio and just wrote a story, uh, you know, kind of a Q&A style one again of my conversation with Cole Martin. So go head on over to Ducks Digest if you haven't already give that, given that a read. But Cole Martin, excuse me, Cole Martin's there. Austin Novosad is there. Um, Junior uh, Junior Angelau is uh, is already there. Uh, the Texas offensive line transfer, Ajani Cornelius, is already at Oregon. Um, Ashton Kozar is already at Oregon. Uh, so there's so many pieces that are already there. But uh, I know that Oregon is well aware of the numbers, and they are going to continue uh, continue to manage that. Trello once says, I really hope Mateo can push for a starting spot. Yeah, I mean, Mateo is, uh, you know, a special talent, you know, about as special a talent as you can find uh, in the front seven. Definitely a huge piece of Oregon's 2023 recruiting class. I mean, that was a guy I was around Bosco all season, and I never really felt like Oregon, you know, got the lead, a solid lead for Mateo, but at the 11th hour, um, you know, they were able to, to pull that one out and uh, you got to give the credit to Tosh Lapoy. You know, he is just one of the absolute best in the business. And I wrote about it, you know, following signing day, Tosh Lapoy is the kind of guy you bring to Oregon as well as Dan Lanning to land a talent like Mateo. And he's a guy that could definitely benefit from enrolling early um, just to kind of kind of get his body right a little bit i'm not saying his body wasn't right but just to to get his body you know ready for the college level six foot five 265 you got to wonder uh where they want to use him on that defensive line because he's a versatile guy huge body that played all over the place at, at st john bosco so i don't know if, I, if mateo is gonna start but i would be very confident that he's gonna he's probably gonna be in that too deep uh, as well as blake purchase all right let's see um let's see what else we got here andrew also asks is there still room available for harbor pleasant maybe d rob uh, assuming he's talking about deuce robinson yeah, I know that uh, I know that Oregon's still working for for all of those guys. Uh, I think you definitely feel more confident about Nicholas Harbor and Roderick Pleasant than you do Deuce Robinson at this point. Um, I know that with Deuce Robinson, he just has such a busy schedule, uh, especially with baseball. Um, he might be a Polynesian Bowl guy too, I believe. So that's another trip, another weekend trip that uh, takes out the opportunity to get him to Oregon. But I think he said he didn't rule out an Oregon visit when he was. Uh, at the Under Armour All-American Bowl in Orlando, uh, you know, a week or so ago. So it's it's a guy that Oregon's probably going to, you know, continue to recruit. But right now I feel like the momentum is probably in Georgia's favor, Georgia or Texas. Uh, and then you also have USC looking in as well. Um, with, with Deuce Robinson, that's a guy who also is, is going to be valuing, you know, the uh, prestige of the baseball program because he has – gone on record saying he wants to play both uh, professionally. But as far as Roderick Pleasant, uh, I think Oregon's in an awesome spot with him. Uh, he announced a top five yesterday that uh, that consisted of UCLA, USC, Oregon, 
Boston College, and I want to say Cal uh, as well. Um, I believe that the Cal Bears are still in it. Yep, that's right. So top five, Boston College, UCLA, Oregon, Cal, and USC. The interesting thing with Roderick Pleasant is that he took uh, a visit to UCLA. And um, and I think part of the reason they took a visit to UCLA was because the Bruins landed Dante Moore. Um, and I've talked to you guys before about how Oregon and their recruitment of Pleasant, they are, they're kind of pitching the opportunity to play a little bit of offense, play a little bit of special teams because he's just a different type of athlete, different type of speed and explosiveness. Uh, I think that maybe, uh, you know, maybe he could see himself playing with Dante Moore, playing some offense under Chip Kelly. Uh, I think that's probably part of the reason that UCLA was kind of able to sneak into that recruitment a little bit later. But Roderick Pleasant has one more official visit uh, on deck, and I believe that official visit is set for this weekend to the USC Trojans. So right in his backyard, he's not too far away over at Unipro Serra in Gardena. So that's a big official visit we're going to have to track this weekend. But for a guy speaking about track, if you want to be a track guy, there's no better place to go than Oregon. And I think that's really... That's really the case with Pleasant and Nicholas Harbor. Uh, I think, you know, we know how important the the track the track pitch is for both of those guys. Uh, I think that, you know, you talk about a different type of athlete, Nicholas Harbor at 6'5", 225, you know, still having track speed, um, you know, being a part of the Nike family at Oregon. There's just so many factors that I think help Oregon, even though we talked about UCLA getting involved late with uh, Roderick Pleasant, Oregon hasn't exactly been surging for Nicholas Harbor through much of his recruitment. I believe he's visited before, I want to say, but he's going to be taking an official visit to Oregon on January 27th, and I believe that that is going to be the last visit he takes before his uh, announcement. I believe both Roderick Pleasant and Nicholas Harbor are set for signing day decisions at the beginning of February. Um, Nicholas Harbor's, you know, made a lot of buzz generate a lot of buzz as an edge rusher, but he wants to play offense at the next level. So whether that be tight end wide receiver, uh, Oregon just missed out on Jamari Johnson from Inglewood who stayed true to his commitment to Louisville. Um, so maybe with him going to Louisville, they feel good about, uh, they feel good about Nicholas Harbor. I think they, based on the conversations that I've had, I think Oregon feels good about uh about Roderick Pleasant and Nicholas Harbor but you know there's three weeks between now and February 1st so plenty of time for more things to happen on the recruiting trail but I'd say right now I feel more confident about Roderick Pleasant and Nicholas Harbor than Deuce Robinson all right one more person we have to talk about uh on this episode we have to talk about Casey Rogers announcing his return to Oregon in 2023 Six foot five, two hundred and eighty-five pounds. I want to say, uh, Casey Rogers. You know, a huge body for Tony Tuioti in that Oregon defensive line, uh, and I think that he was definitely one of those more underappreciated pieces along the defensive line for Oregon in twenty twenty-three. Uh, when he committed to Oregon, I wasn't really too aware of who he was. Um, I think that it was good to have that familiarity with Tuioti. Uh, him and Jordan Riley both coming over to Oregon from Lincoln definitely helped bolster Oregon's defensive line. But, um, you know, I don't want to steal too much from the show that I did with Spencer, but, uh, cause that's going to come out tomorrow. 
but he did a really good job. He was saying that he kind of described Casey Rogers. If you're looking at this from an offensive standpoint, having to go against Casey Rogers, he's just kind of annoying. He's always there. He's kind of got his, his, uh, his hand in a lot of plays um, and is just kind of a pesky guy. Um, you know, he had some, he had a, a, he batted down some balls. I want to say in the holiday bowl, didn't really excel as a pass rusher, I want to say, but I think he did do a good job generating pressure from the interior of the defensive line. Definitely helped Oregon's run defense uh, become one of the best in the conference. And I want to say at one point, one of the best in the country. We know that wasn't the case for the pass defense, but at least that defensive line could stop the run for the most part. So I think that just with Casey Rogers coming back to Oregon, you get some consistency. Uh, along that defensive line and you just you look at that group and how experienced they are you have Casey Rogers Brandon Dorless Popo Amavai uh, Keon Ware Hudson coming back you have Keanu Williams you have Taki Taimani and then you add in all these guys from the 2023 class you add in Mateo you add in Jordan Birch you add in Terrence Green Jaden Moore Blake Purchase there's just so much talent along that front line that I think Oregon is really poised to have a big year and then not even just have a big year, be set up for success down the road. You have all these savvy vets that are going to be there and they're going to help bring these young guys along. And uh, so many of the defensive line recruits are already enrolled early at Oregon, uh, which is definitely something that, you know, you can't overstate the importance of getting these guys involved early, getting them used to the college way of life, getting them under, into the, into the weight room talked about getting their bodies right, getting them adjusted to the college level all months before spring football starts. We still don't have a start date on spring football. Uh, I know there's probably some Oregon fans that are focused on basketball, but hey, I'm all focused on football and recruiting. That's what I enjoy covering the most. And I know you guys uh, you know, can't get enough Oregon football and recruiting content. So that is part of the reason that I do what I do. But uh, Casey Rogers is uh, another, another big piece of uh, – of Oregon's defensive line, Oregon's defense coming back in 2023. Um, I think that he just continued to get better throughout the year. Um, and I think I tweeted something that, that, you know, got a good amount of traction at one point in the season, just saying, man, what a, what a season he's had, what an addition he's been. Um, so I, I just feel like I'm, I'm a huge fan of Casey Rogers. Can't get enough Casey Rogers. Um, that defensive line is going to be scary. I think that, you know, it goes without saying getting all these names, getting all this talent in the fold is one thing. And then getting those guys to work in unison and, you know, sync up and become a really good product on the field. That's a whole nother thing. If, if all it took was recruiting elite names, then I think you could see a lot more teams have really good defensive lines, but this coaching staff with Dan Lanning, with Tosh Lapoy, with, Tony Tuioti, um, they're they're definitely they're definitely set for success and to really take a big step in 2022. I think that it's probably safe to assume that they're going to be good defending the run again, but where they can really make that leap, take that next step, generating some consistent pass rush, and aren't they going to need it? They are going to need to de- generate a serious amount of pass rush this year because Pac-12's quarterbacks are the real deal. You got Michael Penix at Washington, Caleb Williams at USC, Cam Rising's coming back uh, to Utah, probably going to have Dante Moore at UCLA. I saw him in San Antonio, and he was an absolute phenom. 
you also have uh, DJ Uyunglele, Mateo's older brother, uh, at Oregon State. Um, so there's no shortage of really good quarterbacks in this conference, and only the best teams that are able to get after the quarterback are going to be able to slow them down. Uh, so we know how important that is. But that's going to do it for us here on this episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Greatly appreciate you guys tuned in on YouTube. If you guys are still here, do me a quick favor, smash that like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, it only takes a second out of your day, and it is a tremendous way to support what I'm doing covering the Oregon Ducks. Uh, and then do me a favor and share the Ducks Dish podcast. Share it with your friends, your family, and other Duck fans. Make sure you lock in with me on Twitter. At mTaurus Sports is where you can find me and find all my written content over on DucksDigest.com. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and taking some time out of your day to talk some duck football with me. Until next time, you've been listening to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.